0: This show is a part of the FM Podcast Network. Visit us at fmpods.com.
1: When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call them a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan
2: this is pod dylan the show that celebrates the work of bob dylan one concert leg at a time part of the fm podcast network i'm your host of freewheeling rob kelly and joining us once again is the band of the hand team henry bernstein hi henry hello and matt simonson i'm Matt. Hey, everybody thank you both for coming back guys i really appreciate it
0: thanks for having us yeah
2: thanks for having us back rob i
0: love that you got the band back together <laughs>
2: absolutely yeah we're really excited to be talking about now that it is concluded uh this leg of the rough and rowdy ways tour of 2023 bob will be hitting the road again certainly in 2024 but as far as we know he's done for 2023 he generally doesn't do shows in december i think he has occasionally but for the most part i think it's relatively safe to say that this leg of the tour uh has wrapped up and the two of you went on an orgy of Bob Dylan <laughs> concerts, if I may use that word. Um, Henry, we'll start with you. How many shows did you see during
0: this run? Uh, as of last night's tour ending, uh, I did eight. Oh my.
1: And Matt, I got pen in this time.
0: Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh,
2: I saw one. So <laughs> I am not as good of a fan as, uh, as you guys are, but, uh, but okay. Uh, so I'm going to have not a whole lot to say in this episode, I think, but yeah, we're going to be talking about what we, saw what we heard obviously there are uh lots of um kind of fun covers that he did on this leg like, of the tour that he hasn't done in other times we'll, we'll we'll get to all that but for anyone who didn't wasn't lucky enough to see any of these shows let's talk about the sort of the 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 set list which is unusual right bob normally doesn't have i mean he's been having a, a relatively quote-unquote set list but there have been variations of his songs here and there. But for this tour, he had a pretty rigid list of songs that he did every single night. And then the variations would be of something he added. But as far as I know, he never he never took out any of these songs to play something else. It was always maybe did a couple more. And that set list is watching the river flow. Most likely, you go your way and I'll go mine. I contain multitudes, false Prophet. when I pay my masterpiece, black rider. My Own Version of You, I'll Be Your Baby Tonight, Crossing the Rubicon, To Be Alone With You, Key West, Gotta Serve Somebody, I've Made Up My Mind to Give Myself to You, That Old Black Magic, Mother of Muses, Goodbye Jimmy Reed, and Every Grain of Sand. And the last time I saw Bob was two years ago. That was almost the exact same set list I saw this time, except for he substituted something else for now he's doing Crossing the Rubicon, which was the one rough and ready way song that he had not yet done. Of course, murder most foul accepted. <laughs> um, so, okay. But I, you know, again, we're, we'll, we'll get into all that, but I want to ask you go as you guys, well, we'll start with you, Matt. Why, why are we seeing 10 shows? What, what was the, what, what was the impetus to see that many in such a
1: contained space and where, what cities did you see him in them? Well, I've always started um, uh, going to one show per, per tour, uh, wherever he was closest to where I was living. I would go to that show and looking back now at all of the short one hour, two hour drives I could have done the night before the night after, picking myself a little bit for missing some of those shows. And naturally those are the most amazing set lists you could ever imagine the shows that I passed on. And just <laughs> over time, uh I love the album so much. I had such a great time in 21, 22, the shows that I saw and when all of the shows were announced for the fall, they were all somewhat close to the Twin Cities where I live, and I didn't. And they all came on sale at the same time, and so I said to my wife, "Not sure what I should do. I'm not sure which ones we'll get tickets to." So I was working the the iPad, the laptop, the work computer, the phone on Ticketmaster trying to get tickets, and I ended up getting tickets to uh, the first eight shows. And, oh um, and when I told my wife, I said, well, I can always get these tickets and then I can always resell them or give them to someone else or something like that. And so then we started talking and she's just kind of looking at me and she's like, you know what? You love this more than anything else. You just need to go and figure out a way to do it. And I've always wanted to do one of those legs where I just went from town to town and it kind of worked out well for me geographically. The family in Kansas City, the first show. and then. um have some other family in Chicago that I got to see, and then uh Milwaukee's kind of on the way home from Chicago to uh, Minneapolis, so kind of uh i i mean I bent all kind of logic and justified it as much as I could, but uh really, I just wanted to have that experience of seeing him night to night and being on a leg and happy I did it. no regrets at all, but uh that was just kind of something crazy I decided to do.
2: did you see were there any times that you saw shows? back to back and then like night, two nights in a row or three nights in a row
1: Kansas the city was two nights in a row then there was a day off then i went to st louis uh then i think there was a day off and then there were three nights in chicago the friday saturday sunday wow and then milwaukee was two nights in a row and then later um i got called to new york for a work trip in early november and fortunately uh bob was playing in port chester uh those uh, two nights so i decided to hop on the train and meet up with ray Paget and go to those shows that worked out pretty well wow but yeah okay. three nights in a row in chicago uh to hang out with henry there too so that was that was one of the highlights Amazing. of the tour absolutely oh i have such fomo right now so okay
2: <laughs> well henry what about you what what, what inspired you to, to go all in on this part of the tour
0: similar to matt Anytime he was so like when I was at school at Indiana University, saw him in the state of Indiana. And if it happened to be over a spring break, then in Chicago or something like that. Or anytime he was in Chicago or Milwaukee, I go to those just because like I get like Matt geographically, if I can do a drive in an evening, sure. Um, but I've never really gone further than one of those states Indi- from Chicago to Indiana or or, or Wisconsin. Um, actually one time I went to St. Paul, but, um, and Madison a couple of times. Anyway, uh, I, I just, and and like Matt, I, there have been many times when like he did like a five night run in Chicago in 2005. And for whatever reason I went to one of them, like why, you know? And then same thing, like he, he was at the, at the, in 2007, I think he was at the the Chicago theater for three nights and I went to one of them. And the next night was the like tour closer where he brought Amos Lee and Elvis Costello on stage to sing, <laughs> uh, I shall be released. And I didn't go to that one. Like, so, you know, the FOMO is real and we're, we're, for this tour, I just feel like right now, like I have to see him as many times as I can. And when I'm there seeing him, that's my happy place. Like it makes, I was explaining to my wife, like on the drive home today, like it's a spiritual experience for me is seeing Bob, you know, the, the, the way, you know, you know, Yom Kippur is to my rabbi wife, <laughs> seeing Bob is is like that for me. And you know i i just it's i had to do it and for whatever reason the stars align like matt and i i when they all went on sale i just did the chicago milwaukee thing you know click 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 bought those no problem um and then i i had said to to my wife before the tour i was like look I have two bucket list things for Bob that I want to, I want to do. If he ever, if he does the beacon again in New York, I want to go to that, you know, whatever day it is, just fly out quick, fly back and take a day off work, whatever. And I want to see him in Europe one day. So, um, so when he announced that beacon tour at the last minute, it just so happened to be the day before my whole family, we were all going to Northampton, Massachusetts for, like a week for like Thanksgiving week. And so it worked out. I was like, can I just go the day before and then take a bus to meet you guys in Massachusetts on Friday? And it worked out. It was perfect. And then for these last two, when I saw Evansville, Indiana, uh, I was like, Oh, that's a drive. I can do that. And then uh, a dear Dylan Twitter friend, Sue, Sue, it was like, well, just go the night before to Kentucky. Like, it's a Saturday night. Why wouldn't you go the night before? I'm like, what well, can I do that? Can I? She's like, you just do it. There's no can I. You just go if you're free and your wife is cool with it, and your kids are. So it all worked out. And I just was able to go drive six hours to Kentucky, three hours over to Evansville, five back to Chicago. It just kind of all worked out. And yeah, I just sort of on this tour felt like I I might never get a chance to do something like that again. So, and I'm at a stage in life where I can do it. So yeah.
2: Do you both enjoy going to concerts just in general?
0: I do. I'm a concert guy. That's a, it's a thing. Like, yeah, tons of concert t-shirts. I'll see. Yeah. I love concerts. Yeah. I just bought tickets for the Stones this summer. Like, I love big, big, huge, you know, stadium shows. I love tiny theater shows. I love Small venue shows, GA seated, all the things. Yeah, I don't like concerts as much as I used to. When I was younger. Like, I went and saw Fish recently at the United Center, and it was a horrible experience because like it was just so much smoke everywhere, and like people were acting crazy. <laughs> and like, what?
2: <laughs> I know exactly. And
0: like, yeah, like my allergies are going crazy from all the smoke. And like, they did a set break starting at ten thirty. Like, they didn't come back on to like it's way past my bedtime. So like my my interest in going to concerts has waned over the years but in general yeah that's like a thing my non-concert going friends know about me that henry loves going to shows yeah <laughs>
1: but you matt yeah. yeah i do too i uh have my favorite musicians and kind of my bucket list i wanted to make sure i saw every one of my favorite musicians live at least once and uh there's two so far that I haven't hit one. I'll never be able to hit, unfortunately, but, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, no, I did see Tom Petty a couple of times. I never got to see Frank Sinatra. Uh, I want to see Hmm. him at concert. And, uh, if Tom Waits ever goes on tour again, I'll be there Hmm. in some way because I've always wanted to see him, but, uh, he kind of quit touring before I had a chance to go, but I was Hmm. able to see Leonard Cohen before he passed Lou Reed, Warren Zevon at the rave in Milwaukee. Um, Uh, that, song. that
0: shithole. <laughs> One of Bob's yeah, he was, favorite places.
1: <laughs> he was, uh, Warren was playing an acoustic guitar and he just kind of looked around and he just stopped in the middle of the song and he said, can you hear that echo? He's like, <laughs> like an airplane hanger in here. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: place is terrible. I'm so oh. glad Bob switched over to the Riverside in Milwaukee from the rave.
1: <laughs> yeah, much better. How it about is, you, Rob? Are you, you a big concert goer? No. See, that's the reason
2: I, I asked you both is because I, for whatever reason, I find concerts to be just very stressful, you know, like just paying for them and getting there and and nothing bad has ever happened at a concert. It's not like I've ever had some miserable experience or whatever, but I just find them to be just generally kind of stressful. And I I only go to Bob. At this point, I mean, my, my wife and I went to a, a, a comedy. We went to see Patton Oswald last year, a little different, but yeah. generally no. And so to me, part of the reason I go to see Bob is to be in his presence, not so much. Oh, I'm going to hear a transcendent version of Black Rider that I, because obviously it's going to be up on YouTube a day later anyway, you know, I mean, those those yonder come sin pouches just do absolutely nothing to stop anybody from getting that stuff up
0: there. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, they do. They do nothing. But so uh, to me, it's uh, as, as much of it is for me is I I know Bob thinks of himself and uh, this is not me guessing. He said this in, in interviews. He thinks of himself now as a touring artist not so much a recording artist anymore. And so this is his main mode of creativity. And I feel like the least I can do, if he's going to come all the way to my town, which in this case is Philadelphia, I'm going to go see him. You know, I'm going to go. But generally, no, I don't go see anybody else. I mean, you mentioned Matt Tom Waits. Tom Waits, I think I would make the effort to go see because I know it would be such a rare event. But that's a it's a pretty short list who I would bother to go to and I would make the effort to to go and see. So and the reason I bring all that up is and you guys can whichever one you want to go first. What do you do you feel like it's a what do you feel like you get out of seeing eight shows in 12 days or whatever it is? Is there do, do you feel like there is a is it like you know the the it's more than the sum of its parts kind of thing seeing that many shows in a clump like
1: that? Definitely like Henry said, um, it's a physical, almost spiritual experience. Um, And just like you, Rob, every concert, even when I go night to night, I have that moment where it dawns on me that Bob Dylan is real. Yeah. And Bob Dylan is in the same physical space as me at the Mm -hmm. same time. And it just hits me in a wonderful way. Every single time. And I I love that moment. And that is a very big part about going to the show. You know, it always always sounds great. There's always moments that make me smile, moments that make me laugh. Uh, There's always songs where you're like, oh, this one's not that great in every show. And I listen to the recordings of every show that I've been to. Never quite sounds exactly the same as I remember feeling mm-hmm. it when I was there. And that's okay. So it sounds sound great. Um, but, you know, th- you and I were talking a little bit earlier about the yonder pouches. And as inconvenient as they are, it really does help promote the, the notion that you're experiencing a moment that mm-hmm. will never exist again. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody in front of you holding up a phone, blocking your view, no blinding light. Nothing distracting the artist. It's rare nowadays to allow yourself to just check out and immerse yourself in the here and the now with Bob Dylan. (laughs) Uh, And you get two hours of that. Uh, Well, I said to my wife, we were, I think it was in Milwaukee after the first night. And we were walking back to the hotel. And I just looked at her and I said, you know, I could do that every single night. And she goes, yeah, I, I believe that you could. But i really could i could yeah. just sit through same songs uh i could just experience that two hours every single night for the rest of my life
0: me too yeah yeah i feel the same way about that moment matt like and rob <laughs> um like when the curtain comes up or when he walks on and especially if you're sitting close like on this tour i was really lucky that i had three different nights where i was incredibly close. Like I, I had good seats for everyone first night in Chicago. I was intentionally up in the balcony and I enjoyed that, you know, you kind of get a bird's eye view, Rob, you were in the balcony for, for the Philly show, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like balcony is great. There's great sound up there. Um, but night, uh, the two nights in Milwaukee and then in Kentucky two nights ago, I was in the third row, uh, second row in Milwaukee and third row two nights ago, right in the center and there's this, that moment where you're like, oh my God, that's Bob Dylan. Like you looking at his face and it's the same face that's on, you know, I'm yeah. looking at the times Era changing poster right next to me. It's the same guy. And like, when he plays harmonica at every grain of sand, it's the same harmonica, the way he played, like, you know, that sound is Bob Dylan playing harmonica. And it just, you can't believe it that you're in, like you said, Rob, like in the same room as him and mm-hmm. it's, And I I feel the same way, Matt, like, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with over this this tour with different Bob Dylan people. And people who do that thing, who do go to every single one, and I don't know how they do it. I don't know what, I mean, I don't think they have children and I don't think (laughs) they have jobs or something. I don't know what what their deal is, or they work from home, whatever it is, but, uh, you know, unlimited income, whatever it is, but God bless them. I'm so jealous of them. I I would do that too, I if I could, if, if I had no responsibilities or I could, I could listen to those same, those same 17 songs every time.
2: OK, so is it like kind of seeing a play to you both where you are seeing no, especially this tour where the set list, again, except for the the, the covers, which we'll get into, that he was dropping in here and there. The set list was pretty, pretty rigid Static. for him. Yeah, very yeah. set for him, but is very unusual. Once again, he finds a way to do something different. That nobody would have expected. You know, the one thing, the one thing we all relied on during all these never ending tour shows is, well, the set list is always varied. Not this time. It's Mm -mm. these are the songs. It's the bulk of Rough and Rowney Ways with some other basically 60s stuff dropped in and then two gospel songs and that's it. Oh, and then the one Sinatra cover, you know, that's kind of it. So when you guys are watching them and you're hearing Gotta Serve Somebody for the seventh time in two weeks. Is it that it is like seeing a play over and over again? I've never done that. I've gone to plays, but I've never seen mm. the same play more than once. Is it that you're, you're, as you've talked about, Matt, you're kind of in the moment and it's, you're experiencing this version this time, and this will never be exactly the same. And you're not sitting there going, well, oh, I heard this yesterday and it was better or I heard yeah. it or oh. whatever. That's not how it works.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I don't think of like, oh, well, tonight's To Be Alone With You was better than last night's. I might think, wow, the jam on To Be Alone With You seemed like it went on a really long time and the band was really into it. Or I might, you know, like, yeah, I'm not comparing. I guess, you know, you you are seeing like a polished stage show of a very specific thing. But yeah, I don't know. Matt, what what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think you're onto something, Rob. I started going to shows in 94 and the and that when I would go to one show, I would always religiously follow the set list, look at Bill Pagel's site, of and I knew kind of what was in the mix. And then the excitement is, what am I going to get the night I go? And you had a one shot, and it was never visions of Johanna for me. I always missed it by a night, really,
0: earlier, late. Never got <laughs> that it.
1: was never got
0: it. So oh, um, I got it once. <laughs>
1: so uh, so so that was so that was my experience, you know, up until. Um, this tour because even the first tour uh, fortunate enough to go to the milwaukee show in 2021 the first one for rough and rowdy mm-hmm. ways we had no idea what he was going to play and from song to song it was just pins and needles like okay oh my god that that's one of them that's oh my god it's key west or it's uh it's black rider mm-hmm. and and then um in this tour he started sprinkling in some of the covers so you got a little bit of that there was like the moment at the very beginning to listen to see if it was watching watching the river flow and then and then you knew it was going to set in and then you kind of waited for the song before or after old black magic and then occasionally at the end when every grain of sand was over you'd wait to see if he was going to get up from the piano <laughs> or play right. another one. So you got or that play element of, uh, or not. surprise. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But in between it was very much like a play. Yeah. And the thing that was different for me is, and when I go to shows in the past, if he would play a rift or there was some kind of arrangement, I didn't know any better. I would just assume, well, this is how they're playing it hmm. on this tour. What I came to appreciate was from night to night, uh, it was the same structure, same order, same songs, but there were a lot of nuances. Maybe Doug's acoustic guitar was completely out of the mix, or maybe it was featured, mm-hmm. or maybe Bob was signaling to Bob Britt that he could take the, um, the solo. Or, or And the thing we haven't talked about this tour is the piano, the piano played such a wild card role in this tour. You never knew when uh, he was just going to start um, banging away at it Jerry Lee Lewis style <laughs> because he was either thrilled with what was going on or he was super pissed with what Doug was doing and he wanted to correct him or he'd play these, um, you know, Lissandos and, you know, have structured melody. His piano playing was, was just amazing, this yeah. tour. yeah. So that was something each and every night I remember leaving. And there would be a different song that was a highlight for me. And it wasn't <laughs> always just the rough and rowdy ways. Like some nights to be alone with you was the yes. clear star. And mm-hmm. then the next night it was Key West. And then the night after that, it was, um, you know, I'll be your baby tonight. It, watching the river flow when the first yeah. night in Milwaukee, we were all amazed at how good that was. Cause yeah. that's usually not one that people get excited about. So it it, it was like a play Um going multiple nights something that was more set really allowed you to appreciate the nuance and the and the things that bob does to keep it interesting for him and i think the reason he enjoys going out night to night is to really see what these songs are made of like he gets inside of them and he likes to poke and stretch and twist and contort and see what he can do with these things And that's why they're such great songs because they're so malleable in his hands. And it's just, to me, it's an amazing experience.
0: Yeah. I think um, just to add to that, Matt, like, I, I think part of it being like a play is, is either trying to understand if there's a story being told, you know, sort of in the way when you listen to an album or, or just kind of hanging back and letting whatever's happening to you happen. And, if you are so that familiar with the set list you kind of know there are different like emotional points where you're like there's like the excitement of watching the river flow because here he is and then multitudes it's the first rough and rowdy way song and then key west it's like okay we've settled in we're like it's key west time sit back and just you know enjoy (laughs) it and then old black magic and you're like Oh, it's almost over, you know? <laughs> and then but but you know that you're getting every grain of sand, one of the great his greatest songs, and wow. you're probably gonna get a harmonica solo. So like there are like sort of these emotional beats to knowing the static set list that kind of help you, or I should speak for myself. They helped me get through it emotionally. Cause I would say on this tour for me personally, um, this was every night was incredibly emotional. Like especially every grain of sand, like every time hearing that harmonica, um, Milwaukee, I was like in openly weeping at the end of the Milwaukee show. Cause I thought that was my last show. Um, but um, you know, I think there, there's something about the, what I really, I was able to sort of on my long drive back, sort of um, boil it down to sort of three components of seeing, uh, of, of going to see Bob. Number one is Bob's, and his band's performance so the output of what they're giving you what kind of performance it's going to be the second is the audience's experience your input right you sitting there accepting whatever they're giving you for better for worse um and then three the social experience which is going with a close friend meeting people that you've been talking to on Twitter for four years for the first time and actually hugging them and having a drink before and after going on a road trip together, having a post game, you know, whatever it is, the like community aspect of it. And that's sort of, I had never experienced that whole, those three things in seeing him. It was always more like a surgical procedure for me, like get in, go see the show check Bill Plagel's thing when you get home. That's it. Wait till the next time you see him, you know, a year or two later. But this was more, it was more like of a rounded experience. And I think the static set list took a lot of the stress of going to see Bob off that like, like that thing of like, but what if I don't get to see Visions of Johanna tonight? You know, there's no, you're know, like, there's a little bit of that because you're kind of hoping for one of those covers. You're like happy with old ba- black magic. It's like, well, maybe, but there's just a little bit of it you don't you know there's no um intense disappointment if like you know if he plays early roman kings instead of thunder on the mountain or whatever you yeah. know <laughs> so yeah
2: you know it's funny i'd never really thought of it that way because yeah you you feel like you want to have some chance that you're going to hear something crazy But the downside is, yeah. But what if you're not there the night you don't hear the crazy thing? Because it's like, yeah, if Bob did two shows in Philly, would I go to both? Probably not. And inevitably, the one I don't go to is the one he decides to sing. You ain't going nowhere, yeah. You know, or series of dreams, and I'm like, son (laughs)
0: of a bitch. That (laughs) happens. That happened to people in Milwaukee and in Chicago. There were people that just came to the Sunday in Chicago, which was an interesting show because he was trying things out that he kind of nailed in Milwaukee m- musically, but he didn't do anything different where in sh- the first two nights in Chicago, he did, you know, three different blues covers and truck in, and then in Milwaukee, the, the first night in Milwaukee, I know someone, we had dinner with someone before the show last night who went to the first night in Milwaukee, which was just a straight set list. Um, with all black magic. And then the next night he busted out truckin' and the harmonica and this guy was devastated. So yeah, I, I, you know, I, so there are like little nuances to, to like that, that, that thing. But for the most part, the last 10 or so shows have been static set list. So you kind of lower your expectations for surprises. And then when something happens, it's magic, you know?
2: Well, that's okay. Let, that's a perfect segue to let me just list the songs that he covered during this leg, these one offs that he was doing, which is again, kind of amazing. So uh, in in order, by the way, I love Bob Dylan then you can go through the set lists, and just click next. Like, that's a great feature. You don't have to click out and go back, you could just go, you know, it's fantastic. So these he did during this leg of the tour, he sang Kansas City, not fade away. Johnny be good. Nadine, which he did more than once, born in Chicago, 40 days and 40 nights, trucking, he did more than once. Killing Floor, Longest Days, South of Cincinnati, did that more than once. Stella Blue, more than once, Broke Down Palace more than once. Dance Me to the End of Love. Oh, God
0: can you imagine? Footlights,
2: which he did more than once. And then New York State of Mind, <laughs> which I ever thought I'd ever heard Bob Dylan cover any part of a Billy Joel, so I never thought that would happen. But so, the you know, I, on the one hand, I was a little disappointed that it seemed that by the time he got to Philly, he was dropping those. He wasn't going to do Streets of Philadelphia, <laughs> Philadelphia Freedom or whatever. That's, you know, but at the same time, it did allow me to, as you say, Henry, to kind of focus on, oh, OK, this is the Key West part of the presentation. Right. This is the Black Magic part of the presentation. And, you know, the, you guys both mentioned the harmonica. Bob, more than any artist I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of artists in concert when I was younger, I put up with going to concerts a lot more, but like, and you know, I don't know if I want to phrase it as lowered expectations, but it's, he has stripped away so much of the, he's like, he's whittled his show down to like a sharp point that when he does even the smallest thing. People go crazy because at my show, when he whipped out the harmonica at the end for Grain of Sand, people lost their minds. Yeah. And all it is, is the guy reaching for an instrument that he's been playing for 60 years. And yet everyone was like, this is the second coming of him doing this. And it was really beautiful to hear that many people get excited over a man playing harmonica.
0: Yeah. I I mean, if I can say one thing about that in particular, that's the one moment where Bob Dylan does the crowd pleaser thing. Like he, you know, he's not playing the hits, but he does this thing at the end where for one verse on one song, he reminds you of what it feels like to listen to Bob Dylan on the record or what it feels like to, you know, like, remember we've, you know, we've, everyone on this Zoom call has seen Bob Dylan enough times where he's done like Rolling Stone in a way that was sort of a sing-along. So like, it's sort of like that moment. He kind of throws us a bone where like, I'm going to give you the the one nostalgia beat and it's his harmonica playing. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Right, yeah.
1: No, he, yeah, he, yeah, he really established a low bar for himself in a great <laughs> way because he picks up the harmonica, the place goes nuts. Uh, I was there um, the first night that he brought his hat on oh, with him. Yeah, and he too. and he set it on the piano for the first couple of songs and there was just some random moment in the third song he reaches and puts the hat on his head and the place just erupted <laughs> yeah, hat mode activated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then and then at the end uh, you know he'd play a song and he' go why thank you and mm-hmm. then everybody just go crazy and mm-hmm. I mean it's just the littlest bone that he throws mm-hmm. is, is so well received. Um, but yeah, those, those moments are great. Uh, when he does that, uh, I think one of the Kansas City shows, I'll be your baby tonight. He, he started with, um, like a solo, uh, um, piano harmonica verse, uh, to one of those. And that was wow. really great. And then the Henry, the show we were in Milwaukee. Um, that was the first every grain of sand with harmonica. Right. And right. It, On the fall it, tour.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably, probably the highlight of the tour for me. Out. oh
0: absolutely that was that. that's definitely up there yeah i mean yeah it was uh yeah <laughs> what can i say that was a great part the, the harmonica
2: Well, okay i was gonna ask you both matt let me start with you like what were some of your favorite moments from the and it might be hard to whittle down out of seeing so many shows but what were just some of your fa- either a song or just a moment you had moment he had the moment you had at the show either part of the show or Related to it? Like, what were, what were some of your favorite experiences from seeing that many shows?
1: Yeah, uh, well, personally, um, the very first show in Kansas City, uh, I took my daughter and my wife to the show. So we got seats in the balcony because the first time I took my wife to a show, she's probably about five foot one, five foot two. I made the mistake of getting general admission seats. Oh, no. <laughs> floor, and she couldn't see anything. And so I felt horrible. And my daughter's not that tall. So we got first row balcony seat. So I knew nobody would be in front of her Perfect. and she was really excited. And we sat there and she just, you know, took everything in. And it was first show. So it was like the red lighting, the curtain was down. Um And she had that experience. Like it's really Bob Dylan. Cause she hears it all the time and she likes to listen to it. And, Every time he'd say thank you, she'd just smile and look at me, and the crowd was going nuts. And then uh, when he was done with every grain of sand, he gets up and you know and he walks in between those two standing microphones and puts his hand on his hip. And has, as he gets up, she looks at me and she goes, "He's on the move," because she had no idea what was going to happen. And it, that that sticks out to me as just a really uh, great memory. Uh, and my wife um, uh, flew out to Chicago. Um, to join me and that weekend was great um we oh man henry how many people were hanging out with us before the chicago shows uh the people that we we met were great um and then milwaukee henry and um, adam came up from chicago and we met peter from scotland Mm -hmm. and hanging out um you know at uh i'm not sure what that irish place was moe's irish bar was it uh across the street and um but those were like henry said before i had just surgically left work went to the concert came home normally mm-hmm. went by myself yep. occasionally would go with a friend this was really the first time for me that uh, met up with people before the concert and after had a sense of community and it was that was incredible for me to really experience that and um you know from a song perspective hearing the covers was really special because I had some of them I really wasn't that familiar with. Like Footlights. I I don't know that I'd heard heard that song before he started covering it. Um so oh, you getting, were there here, for Footlights? Yeah, out in oh. Port Chester first oh, night, and then Stella wow. Blue the second night. And mm. um and a, a little little uh rub it in your face here, I've now seen both of Bob's Johnny Be Good live performances. I happen nice. to be in Somerset, Wisconsin, August third, 2003 with my brother and uh he was like the dead were playing and he was playing and he came out and jammed with them and sang johnny be good with them backing and that was the first time and then he kicked off st louis uh with that one so that was kind of a treat too that's awesome wow Wow. yeah (laughs) um but yeah just being with my wife at the shows was very special to me and taking my daughter to her first bob dylan show and getting getting to hang out with with uh with Matt Steichen and his family and mm-hmm. Henry and Michael and Adam and the nightly moth and uh, Ray and um, you know, Roberta, we got to spend some time with her in Chicago too. So um, that was, that was really special getting to see everybody.
2: What did your daughter think of her first show? What what was her? I mean, she, I, you know, it, yeah, it's in she her really, bones really at this point, it. but
1: still. It <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she really enjoyed it. She, I asked her in, 2019 if she wanted to go see the show in Mankato and she passed at that time and I was a little bit bummed <laughs> and so this time when I was getting ready uh, I kind of casually mentioned that he was back on tour and she said oh well I'd, I'd go to the show with you so I was like well I'm gonna jump on that chance and we look we look forward to it it's uh, you know about a six hour drive from the Twin Cities to Kansas City, and talked about it and kind of knew what songs we would play. So I I played some shadow kingdom on the way down, played rough and rowdy ways, which she's heard quite a bit coming from the Simonson household over the last four years. <laughs> so she was, you know, kind of familiar with the song and the vibe and, you know, she's educated enough that she realizes he's not like the 1965 Bob Dylan or the 1962. I think he knows it's mod Bob and uh, appreciates mod Bob and everything. So, um, By the way, I just learned that term that. yesterday.
0: I didn't know that term. Which term? Mod Bob, modern Bob. I did. Oh, I, I, okay. okay. rain discussion term. I didn't know that. Michael Glover Smith taught me that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, but no, I mean, she I guess you've got to delineate
2: it. these things, right? Yeah, when we're talking yeah. about them, for Pete's sake. So, um, all right, well, Henry, what, what about you? What some be your favorite moment? So,
0: you know, as I mentioned, I sort of broke this up into three categories. And so definitely highlights... Like, musically, being in Chicago and having Bob Dylan come out to um, Born in Chicago, where the first line is, I was born in Chicago in 1941. Like, my father was born in Chicago in 1941. My mother went to the University of Chicago with Paul Butterfield and Mark Naftalin. Like, I was telling Matt about this. Mark Naftalin, who was the piano player for Paul Butterfield Blues Band, came to Chicago and stayed with my parents for their 50th University of Chicago reunion and my brother took him over to the Museum of Science and Industry where those famous east west covers were taken the pictures for that that album for the Paul Butterfield Blues album and they like recreated it and in my living room he played our piano and I got to jam with him oh my and god so being there you know 5 years later hearing Bob Dylan play piano to that song with that lyric, it was just, it was almost too much to, to, to handle, you know? Um, So that was incredible. And then, yeah. And then just the surprise of, uh, of, of uh, Muddy Waters and then, you know, the, the truck in, it was such a clear audible that he called like I was sitting close enough that I saw him turn to Tony and, gesture with two syllables and then tony did the same thing to bob Britt, and then they launched into trucking and the whole crowd <laughs> just got up it was just it was incredible um and then Mo- milwaukee night too for sure trucking again and the, the harmonica um and then the the beacon was really special just being there first of all the billy joel thing like you mentioned um And just being in the beacon, that was one thing. I I, I don't know how often, you know, you have, like, I I don't try to have bucket list things for many things, but like to be able to check off something that I really wanted to do and have it live up to the expectation was, was, was really special. Um, And then the last two nights were the highlights, you know, there were some musical highlights, but that more, I would say the last two nights gets more into the, the, the social stuff that we were talking about before, like, being in Chicago and having that huge gathering, and like you know, meeting Matt, who just like a few months before we had been talking on you know on, on pod Dylan with Rob Kelly, and then and then like basically essentially going to the shows together. We went you know yeah. the the next few nights we met in Milwaukee before and after the show, and um, and the, and then uh, last night uh, got you know uh, connected with Adam Selzer and Michael Glover Smith and caroline schwartz and and kate who are the the bob dylan fan club people from facebook and like you know and, uh, uh duncan hume also known as mostly dylan you just know, saw him as a surprise last night yeah. so it was just all of that i i never i never knew that going to bob dylan shows was like that like i know mm-hmm. what the grateful dead vibe is i know what the fish vibe is even the when I, I go to see Grace Potter, I follow her a lot, around a lot. There's a lot of community there. I didn't know there was a Bob Dylan community. Mm-hmm. I, you know, until Bob Dylan Twitter, you know, until Rob, you gave me my voice, you know, <laughs> when you had me on in 2019. I didn't know this was a thing. Um, yeah, I'd been on Expecting Rain for years, but like. I would like get into arguments with people on the those message boards, and <laughs> you know Dylan Poole was like this faceless, nameless thing where you're just throwing out maybe he'll play the weight, you know like I don't know <laughs> yeah. and, and you, and there's never any like answer to what happens like did we win the pool this year? I don't know <laughs> and, and so you know to to learn that there's this whole community the last four years, and then the payoff was actually seeing these people and hugging these people um. You know, and so it it just it, that was like that that was like the, the, the final highlight for me.
2: That's wonderful that, you know, yeah, I will admit, um, look, if I went with my pal, Dan, Dan Eaker, I've mentioned him on the show a bunch of times before. Uh, I've known him for 31 years now. We've been going to Bob shows for 30 years. It's how old wow. we are. And if for some reason Dan couldn't go, I would still go. My wife would go with me. Uh, she's gone. She's seen him twice. She feels like she's, she's done her bit. Like she liked yeah. it, but she's like, I don't need to keep going.
0: Same with um, my wife, yeah. yeah. She's like,
2: Hey, you know, you and Dan can go enjoy it. Now, if Dan didn't go, I would still go because I wouldn't want to miss it. But a good chunk of it is that him and I are getting to do this again. We get, right. we do this thing once every two years. We've been through a lot together. We went to art school together. We've had, we've worked together. We've been through very similar life experiences together and This is a thing we get to do together. And so yeah, I you know, a lot of it is that I get to go with him, as much of it is Bob, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's I think Bob is setting no pun intended the stage for that is to have these encounters and it is a sort of one off kind of every show is a one-off experience because it is a little different. For me, um, just song-wise, like I love the version of When I Paint My Masterpiece that he's doing. It's kind of mm-hmm, like rocked mm-hmm. up a little more. It's a little I again, I, I can't speak to, you know, I, I don't use musical terms because I don't really understand them, but it's just it was like just like funkier a little bit, which I really uh liked. I will it's admit three different
0: songs. He basically does three different songs. You know, he does like yeah. soft intro, then the hard jam, and then the slow jam at the end where he's singing, you know. <laughs> it's like a McCartney. <laughs>
1: That's the payoff for having a static set list because right. we went, all of us have gone, seen him in the nineties or the two thousand. And there, I mean, let's admit, there were some very generic blues arrangements, nondescript type of songs where be like, like an, every, everything is broken or, um, you know, where it's just like a like highway 61, Maggie's farm, right. summer days, it, it, exactly yeah. the same musical, arrangement with different lyrics and he just kind of filler but each and every one of these songs has a very intricate arrangement mm-hmm. that he plays around with each night so that's one of the benefits is like henry said um uh, i'll be your baby tonight is multiple different it's like a 70s prog rock almost mm-hmm. where you get these <laughs> like uh rock <laughs> opera type things uh, I, I really like that part of of each the show and then you just kind of start to appreciate like uh got to serve somebody the rocking version of it and what yeah. he does with it. So that, I, that was one of my favorite parts of this tour was the song structure and the arrangements. And again, like to be alone with you watching the river flow, I'll be your baby tonight uh, are not in my pop 20 Dylan songs, right. but I Same. enjoyed every single one of those performances because of the structure and Mixing up the lyrics a little bit and just watching what he would do with mm-hmm. the piano to try to change the song a little bit.
0: Can I can I share a stat with you guys that's funny from that I I was found very unexpectedly. Um, yeah. So so have you guys checked out Bob Serve the new Bob Serve yet?
2: A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I
1: did.
0: All right. So and I put in. So I had just spent. I spent like three weeks putting my own finishing my own excel file with all those stats and then bob (laughs) serve comes out with this thing where you just hit one button and there it is but anyway um when i if i click on my albums rough and rowdy ways 88 the most i've seen the most performances from rough and rowdy ways of all the albums because saw eight performances with those songs over and over again you know and then uh, then after that, it's Highway 61, Love and Theft, Modern Times, Tempest, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just so funny that like his most recent album, you know, at, at 80, 82 years old is the one that I've seen performed the, the most times. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, with those, with those songs, we've got to see an evolution of those songs too, right? Like in Milwaukee, that first night in 2021 he was just sort of playing them as is and including, mm-hmm. but now multitude swings a bit and my own version of you swings a bit. Like he has added components to sort of make some of those more of a song instead of just like a slow something, something else, you know, and it's they an like,
1: atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. They, exactly. they have, I mean, you know, more
1: structure. It's right. like the song has a form now. Yes. Multitudes yes. has a form now.
0: Yeah absolutely mm-hmm, yeah and mm-hmm. um and i know I, you know jerry pentecost is like pentecost is doing like a rhythm <laughs> on those songs now so it's yeah um it, it's just really. rubicon expensive. sounds
1: exactly the same but uh, right. that one's just kind of stuck in that club bar blues
0: yeah but the, yeah li- you're right it's uh, a little slower than the album i would i would like him to pick it up a bit but okay the tour's over maybe he will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um no, and like, you know, False Prophet, it kind of like comes in with that intro, but then it kind of mm-hmm. slows down a little bit. So that changed a little bit. And then Jimmy Reed is like, it's just like a killer. You know, everyone yeah. is, is is up for that. You know, they do blues really well. And the way he's been able to vary, like you said, the blues songs, that are just not the same thing over again is, is has really been great. And, you know, one thing, Rob, I was thinking about is the 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 non um Rough and Rowdy Ways songs, you're sort of watching Shadow Kingdom in a way. You know, like a lot of it. Yeah. It's so a lot of like, Shadow Kingdom was, stuff. Which he was toying with in 2019, that right? Like we were seeing some some of that. Um so that that's that that's kind of fun too. You know, like if you really wanna give someone an experience of like, okay, here's what you need to to listen to before you go to see Bob Dylan. If you've never seen him, give them "Rough and Rowdy Ways" and "Shadow Kingdom." <laughs> so, those
2: those two really are great primers. You know, if you want to introduce somebody new, you're like, this is what he's doing now, and this is what it sounds like now. But these are the songs he did then, and that mm-hmm. the, the, that's a really good cross section. Not. I mean, look, anyone who listens to the show is not we're all here to wax Bob's car. I mean, that's that's the show. (laughs) Um, That said, I will say my one my one little note of of not even criticism, just an observation is that I'm curious if you guys have a song like this in your experience. Maybe you don't. And I'll feel like a jackass by saying it first. The one song. That I have now heard live, I think three or four times, and then I've heard a couple on YouTube, and it just doesn't work for me every single time. Is Key West? Whoa. I I worship that song off the I record. Take Rob. Hot take. Yeah, that's what you come for, everybody. Thank of thank course. you for thank you for subscribing. <laughs> it, it that song on the record is I would put it in my top ten favorite Bob Dylan songs of all time, and that's oh, saying that is saying something considering it the competition and the, these other and all these other songs have had decades to burrow into my soul and this thing comes along just a couple mm. years later and just pushes people out of the way get, get out of the way you know no <laughs> and no matter when i listen to that song it can be in the dead of winter kind of like what we're in now i put that song on and i feel like i can feel the summer tropical breezes and the palm trees swaying. Hmm. But when he does it live, it just, it, it's not, I am not going to say it's bad, but it just has, to me, none of the power of that recorded version. And look, he'll I, keep trying, Bob. I mean, Lord knows he'll eventually probably find his way to it. I'm just saying for me, that song is such a highlight, but every time he gets to it live, I just sit there and I go, hmm, okay. Hmm. Yeah, that was, that was okay now i are, are was there anything like that for either one of you is there any song on the set list that consistently now that you both collectively have seen him 18 times in the last month and a half is there any one song that you just go "Eh, this one just is it's fine but it's not it's not mm-hmm. getting me really excited
0: i have one matt knows which one is mine
1: yeah no, go ahead Henry.
0: <laughs> uh, old black magic i I don't care. I mean, it's it's <laughs> nice. it's great. I mean, I'm glad Bob enjoys playing Frank Sinatra songs. Fine. I saw a whole bunch of them. Whatever that was, 2015 or 17, whatever. Mm. Eh, I, I don't need it. Um, I was very happy to have it swapped out a couple times on this tour. the The first two nights in Chicago, that was my bathroom break, and uh, and then I think think even beacon it was my bathroom break i i like i just at other of the other nights last two nights i was able to like hold it but and i enjoyed it i did enjoy it unlike what you're saying about key west i i i it was fun, it, it was an enjoyable performance of a song i just don't mm. care about it it doesn't right. do anything it doesn't mean anything to me i yeah so
2: <laughs> do you think it's the song or do you think it's that that's the slot for the Sinatra cover, do you feel like if you did any of the Sinatra covers, you would have the same reaction?
0: Yeah, I think I would. I think I would have the same reaction, unless it was like a super, unless he was slotting in a different Sinatra cover every night right, or something, right. or even rotating a, you know, like, yeah, I I just don't, I just don't care, you know, like if I, if I wanted to hear Bob sing Sinatra, I'd throw on triplicate, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Matt, anything for you? Yeah, well, I'll talk about. Both your songs here for a second so <laughs> i i was fortunate enough to see the first live performance of key west
0: Me too. in the walk
1: in 21 and arguably that, the I best think, one i i think that is the consensus that of all yeah. the live versions that is the best one yep. and i was at the the second night in chicago on that tour i went to two shows that tour mm-hmm. and he changed the arrangement of it by the second night for the worse and i think it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and mm. this tour, I think it was the second night in Kansas City. I thought that was the highlight of the of the worst show of the tour that I saw was Kansas City second night. It really? was kind of a disaster show, but wow. Key West was excellent in his piano playing. He was almost syncopating, and it was just on like he just kind of hit the groove mm. that he does. And I thought it was the second best performance of Key West that I've heard. And Rob, I'll agree with you. It's not as good as the album. And there's some like, he'll never play like a Rolling Stone as good as the album. Right. There's just some that'll never be able to reach that zenith. Um But yeah, I, I kind of, um I, I thought the arrangements of Key West this tour were better than the ones previously. Um, for sure. And Henry, uh, Old Black Magic. I think, the band really likes to play it it's yeah, throwing I, tony I a, it's a fun baseline for tony know, and it's, you know, I, but it's, uh,
0: it's a nice performance i just don't care yeah
1: <laughs> so for me so for me that song is probably rubicon um it's uh-huh. probably my not that it's a bad song it's probably my least favorite song off rough and rowdy ways and like henry said i think he plays it slower each and every time i hear it um and it's <laughs> it's long and it's Kind of a, it drags a little bit. More of a yeah. nondescript blues song, a little mm-hmm. bit like early Roman Kings after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the one I'm probably least excited about, um, each night. But I will say that I thought about this before. I think in the standard set list, I can remember a night where each song, uh, was the star or really was outstanding. I don't recall going through the whole thing and to be alone with you was never, never good. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. each and every song really, he hit it out of the park at least Mm -hmm. once. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a special thing.
0: Yeah. And sometimes, you know, even on nights when there was the cover, sometimes that wasn't, you know, that was special because it was the cover, but that wasn't Mm -hmm. even, like you said, the star. Like sometimes there was like, some one of his other ones was the star of the show um yeah. even on nights when there was a cover uh last night to end out the tour the two highlights were uh oddly enough um I'll be your baby tonight and to be alone with you like to 1967 size 68 like it was just weird that those two happened to be the band was cooking and he was into it they jammed them out it was so yeah it's it's amazing that he can like have a star for each one and I think that is the advantage to having a static set list you rehearse and you rehearse and you do it every night and then and it's it's tight, it's perfect. And then there's wiggle room because you know those so songs so well mm-hmm. to 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 experiment a little bit.
2: Uh on the flip side of Key West, just because I want to say something nice uh about <laughs> some of the Rough roundy Way songs in concert, is on the record, I contain multitudes and mother of muses are kind of my lesser favorites just because I feel like they plot along a little bit. And to me, they work much better live. Like mm-hmm. he tempos them just mm-hmm. a little bit. He put. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this, Matt. He gives contained multitudes like a little more form, and so to me, I'm like, oh, there's these a work. Beat yeah, there's it. a beat to it. Yeah, and they to, to to me, they work a lot better in concert. And I I mentioned this on other episodes, like when I saw him live, and he was doing a lot of the Sinatra songs. They worked a lot better in concert for me mm-hmm. than they do on the record. And I was like, oh, if he had put out a lot, li- I mean, I always say if he puts out X, I'd buy it. Of course I would. I mean, <laughs> what am I, you know, like that's not, that's not a, that's not a bar to clear, you know, of course I'm going to buy it, I mean, whatever. But nevertheless, if they had said, you know what, if he had been like, I love doing these Sinatra covers so much, I'm going to put out a live album of just some of those. I'm like, that's great. Cause these have their own identity as live songs. And so I'm glad that uh mother of muses and multitudes just, have a little more oomph to them. Yeah. Uh, and then related to that, before he went on tour and we were kind of guessing, my exit question was, what song do you want to hear him play? I always guessed that Goodbye Jimmy Reed was just going to crush live. And it does. It it's, that's the. I almost think that's almost like, I don't think he writes songs for this reason, but some part of me is like, I think he was almost like, you know what? I want to have something in concert that's just going to get people... up and moving and that song every time that song just that that beat people just go nuts it's such a great kind of i mean to me every greatest saying is the coda of the concert Mm -hmm. but the end of it is good by jimmy reed of just Mm -hmm. this and everyone just went nuts and so yeah it it delivers exactly what i think he planned which is just this great it's got all the dylan wit and humor but it also just has this really kind of Mm crowd-pleasing you know beat to it
0: well, one thing that was like really amazing and that I, I was just surprised by—I wasn't as surprised in like Chicago and Milwaukee, but like or in New York—but la- the last two nights in um, in really random places. Sorry to folks living out in those places, but Richmond, Kentucky, and Evansville, Indiana—kind of one horse towns—people um, got excited when he was doing rough and rowdy ways stuff like after he settled into that first verse of key west and settled on the refrain in key west everyone clapped and like Mm -hmm. same thing with multitudes and of course jimmy reed and it was like oh people actually either know these or are excited to hear them live like they get it this is and not just the hardcore people like us the the you know it was like a big a big round of applause for, for these kind of songs. And so that was like really um, maybe word got out, but that was like a really wonderful, wonderful thing, thing about them. Um, I did want to say something about a couple of the other rough and rowdy songs. Um, It, it, it seems there, I made up my mind to give myself to you is like, seems to be a real highlight for the night in terms of how the crowd reacts to it. And like I am convinced more than ever that that song is a love letter from Bob to his fans about the life he has led that like he has given himself to the road and to us, and he you know we belong to each other, and <clears throat> the way he sings it live, there seems to be this like relationship thing happening between the crowd and and him, and I don't know if you guys experienced that song that way, but I found that particular song like incredibly emotional and i thought mother muses was sort of a sister song to that in that way too sort of mm. explaining why he does what he does that he is like it's it's about you know giving himself up to us and then also this whatever this muse is that has he, that has traveled with him all these years you know she is the um the one who has given us this 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 thing that is the Bob Dylan experience. So those are just like two little things about some rough rowdy songs that I wanted to, that we hadn't talked about. So I don't it does know seem guys...
1: like an undercurrent of, of the set though. He's got a lot of songs that are They're kind reflective. of the traditional man, woman, love song. Doesn't feel like there's as many of those on this tour. Like you can, and obviously there's a lot of different ways to look at them, but a lot of these songs you feel are Man as performer, man talking to God, man talking to his audience, man talking to his muse, you know, even watching the river flow yes. kind of deals with his muse. He, he starts that out. He kind of ends it with an ode to the muse. He has, like you said, a lot of songs where he's kind of talking to the, Like, To Be Alone With You is really no longer... Kind of a sweet romantic love song.
2: <laughs> there's a now murder in it now. Uh, yeah. Now
1: there's a murder in it, which we all love because we're yeah. lunatics. We love Bob Dylan um, murder
0: ballads, yeah. <laughs>
1: but it's to be alone with you tonight in this concert mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. when I paint my masterpieces as a performer. Mm-hmm. Black writer is a song about death, potentially. You know, oh, I contain I, multitudes I... is who I am. There's so there's yeah. a this reflective, you know. It's a man at a certain point in time who has this relationship with the audience, and he's channeling his muse. I, I think there's a very consistent theme to that set that that comes through night to night.
0: I think Black Rider is about something else. I think I think Black Rider is about Trump. I really do. Mm. I, I like I've I've like gone line by line by it. I could like do a, a whole thing on, on the on the on the uh, the um all the references that I think, yeah, I think, I think when that came out, I mean, maybe it's not about that anymore, mm-hmm. but that was, that was might have my, been the
2: inspiration for it. Yeah. I yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the way that, you know, like it, to me, it is, it's like masters of war, hard rains are going to fall. Um, you know that, those kind of songs, the finger pointing songs.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I I believe when I first heard "Crossing the Rubicon," I always thought it was about having sex, and I'm re- I'm not unconvinced that I'm wrong about that. So, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> but, interesting. Oh wow, so, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that in another episode. Um, yeah. so well, okay, that that kind of leads perfectly to sort of where we where I wanted to wind up on this a little bit because, and and this is something um, we talked about just before we got on the the mic is. We've been all pondering Bob Twitter, Bob fandom, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's put an end date to this tour, which he's never done before. Right. This is he's never named his tour before. I mean, it's funny. So many people. There were some some marquees that people I saw post that were like, it didn't even have Bob's name. It said like the rough and ratty ways tour. You know, you're like, you have to know what that is. But he he's never named a tour at least officially he he has some of those fake names in the world going wrong uh liner notes um but but you know this is the first time he's done that, he certainly branded it very specifically the tour and this is the first tour that has a specific end to it and while um none of us know, obviously, and trying to guess what Bob Dylan is going to do is a completely yeah complete fool's errand, it is also kind of unseemly. Uh, To guess like, oh, is this it? Because, you know, we are talking about an 82 year old man and we're all in denial that that's ever you know going to happen. But it's 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 gross to me even to sort of contemplate it in the in the in the context of, oh, does that mean I don't get to go to any more concerts? Well, you know, that's a that's a that's a minor consideration what right. the loss of this man would be to the world, to his family, to his friends. Mm-hmm all that other stuff, you know, I mean, oh, you don't get to get new albums. Poor baby. Having said that. (laughs) Having said that, yes. Having said that, do you, you know, you, you said, Matt, do you feel like some of these songs have that slight valedictory sense of them? Do you, do you feel as though either one of you, that this is, he's, Again, we're trying to guess what he's going to do, which is, we all know, impossible. But do you feel like this is, he's putting an end to this, and whether he has something planned after, nobody knows. We'll find, there's the rumors, we all know the rumors about an album. (laughs) I try not to let myself get too excited about those. But do you feel like this is something where it's like, you know, he's going to put a finite end to this portion of his career and then go on to something else? Or do you feel like maybe this is just, you know, not to be crass, like a marketing thing of like, Hey, I want to get people to come to these shows. So if I put an end date on it, it's going to goose people as opposed to just playing forever kind of thing.
1: I'm living with the cognitive dissonance because I, like I said, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to denial with both hands and got my feet <laughs> wrapped rock. around it too. Um, <laughs> that, that, that Bob is uh, going to be in Key West and he's going to find immortality. I mm-hmm. I'm allowing myself to believe that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, I do get the sense from the concert that if it were his last, he has really presented it in a wonderful way. Mm-hmm. But watching him seeing how much effort and attention he puts into it how much fun he's having and trying to figure out what he would do with himself outside of touring that he's committed his life to doing mm-hmm. i I think as long he looks great looks physically fit and healthy yes, yes. Um, mentally sharp as attack i I don't think that he is done I'm hoping um, and allowing myself to hope that the date is a marketing gimmick to, uh, you know, create some exclusivity and some Mm -hmm. limited Mm -hmm. time, uh, get it while it lasts, uh, marketing drive, which it's fair game, uh, in marketing. Um, I'm, I'm going down that Avenue. And I think that he's probably going to do something that's completely different after 2024 that none of us will see coming. And I remember, uh, last comment on this is I remember reading, um, An article or book by somebody and they said, well, it's very likely that this is Bob's last album based upon the the song he picked to end it and the final verse of that song, which is, if you want any more, you can sing it yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And that was 1992, 30 Mm -hmm. years, 31 years ago. (laughs) So people were speculating that, like, he's signaling that this is the end Mm -hmm. way back, and my guess is we'll probably get that forever, until it, well, it'll never be the end. I'm just going to continue to believe it'll never be the end.
0: Yeah, I think also, like, there's uh, certainly some denial about that for me, but I think I I don't think this is it. I think that after 2024 I think he will keep going and I think that it'll either be the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour 2024 to 2026 or you know like the Eras tour keeps going on right like the Rolling Stones Hackney Diamonds tour you know like the, the, all of these big huge sort of you know corporation bands which Bob doesn't act like the way he performs but there is a system built in where they yeah, have He's a, a business. Set. Sure. He's a business. Yeah. Like, for example, the shirt I'm wearing is the 2021 fall, Bob fall, fall rough and rowdy ways tour. They shirt, they made different shirts that for this one, and they didn't do posters for this one, but they did for that. Like there is a sort of capitalistic structure to this. And so I could totally see rough and rowdy ways tour continuing um, after another one of his little breaks because I I just think this is what he does. This is who he is, and I think he sees himself no different than Leonard Cohen and Willie Nelson, who continued well into their golden years, just like just like he is. And maybe there's another album coming, and when it does, the the the, the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour will include that, or he'll it'll be a new tour with that album, or. Maybe not. This will just continue. And I think he will I don't think he's the kind of person I don't think he has ever been the kind of person with that sort of finality or um you know sort of knowing end to whatever he's doing. I, I think we're we're, you know, I think in many ways it kind of feels like we're just getting started, you know. I, I, I think we we've got we've got a, a long way to go. I think we will see each other all again on on the road uh at some point and from another joint.
1: <laughs> well, but, uh, T-shirts, Rob. Uh, I had to brag my uh claim to fame. My one contribution to the Dylan canon was uh I bought the tour t-shirt at the first show and I noticed on the back the dates didn't match what was publicly available on bobdylan.com. So as soon as I got the phone out of the yonder <laughs> and fired it up, I took a picture and went to Twitter and broke the news that there were a couple new shows and dates. So that's it. I've, I've, yeah, I've you broke the <laughs> I I contributed
0: Beacon. I did. Yeah. I did that had that had the Statue of Liberty on it. That yeah. was that was great. Yeah. No. I, one other thing about that about him about him continuing. You know, in 2021 when we saw him, he looked frail. It was actually a little like you know we were all in masks and but yeah. he, he didn't look that great.
1: Oh, I mean, he looked fantastic. I thought.
0: You did in 2021?
1: No, no, no. Now, now, now today. Right. So yeah, I'm saying he in 2021,
0: he, di- he was thin. He right. was kind of frail, you know, coming off of the, what we now, what he told us is now Vertigo and, you know, mm-hmm. the fall and net 2019 and all that stuff. Like he, he, it was, there was, you know, a question, but now he looks amazing. He like has this full yeah. face and. He seems really strong. And the way he's playing piano is the the whole thing about, Oh, he doesn't play guitar because he has arthritis is bullshit. I, I don't, I, I, I will never believe that the way he plays piano, do you know how hard it is to play piano when you have arthritis? Like arthritis can mangle your hands. <laughs> See, piano is way, way harder than strumming a guitar at the same chord. <laughs> you know, you can have an open tuning. And so I I don't, I don't buy that. I never will. <laughs> he likes the piano. And so, I just, I think he's like kind of at the height of his powers right now, and I think he loves playing these songs, and he knows he's so good at playing these songs, Mm -hmm. and this band is good at playing these songs. The band looks like they're having fun. I've never Mm -hmm. seen Tony Garnier smile so much. I didn't know
2: that's saying something.
0: Yeah, and you know they have they have youth now in with 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 Jerry playing drums, and he's playing drums in a much more dynamic way than George Rosselli ever did. Um, with all due respect to George Silly, I mean, most of the shows I saw were with him, but um, yeah, and you know, he's letting Doug solo more, and Bob Britt, He know, seems to be enjoying himself. So I don't know. I just think that like there's more to come. He, the way that that was my takeaway from it.
1: Yeah. I'm going to agree with Henry because I want to believe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you well, know okay. me, I'm always like super positive about everything. You know, everything's amazing all the time. So. <laughs> well,
2: OK, so, so then that again, that leads to our exit question, which I think I specifically wrote for the two of you for this episode, which points towards the future, which is and we'll start with you, Matt, is uh, let's say, you know, Bob picks up, uh, you know, uh, the new album tour 2024, let's call it that, and you, the money is no odd money and time is no object within region, within reason what city would you love to go see bob play in now i realize that's partly like a vacation question because it's like well I, what's this place i'd love to go vacation in and see bob dylan while i'm there which is fine you can answer it you know whatever context you want to give it to but of all the places you've seen him you've seen him in chicago you've seen him in milwaukee you've seen him here but like Let's say you could get a plane ticket to go see. So where would you like to go see Bob? Where would you think it would be fun to go visit? And, oh, geez, I'm going to go see Bob, too.
1: Wow. Uh, good question. Um, <laughs> I, You know what? I think I'd like to see him at the uh, Free Trade Hall in London. The history? Yeah. Just kind of the history or maybe at the Budokan in Japan. Mm, mm,
2: mm. That would be cool. You run into Jason M D while you're there. So, that's. Right. <laughs>
1: And you'd get to visit.
2: Have you have you been to either of those? Have you been to England or Japan yet? Uh, just England once, but not Japan. Okay, all right. That would be cool. That would be really interesting to go to like a tour of the historic mm-hmm. concert halls. That would be really pretty amazing. Okay, well, all right, Henry, you you got had an advantage because you got to hear the question beforehand. What, what what's your answer?
0: I, I've been, you know, I I, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that. I had a two bucket list Bob Dylan things. One was the beacon check. The other one is seeing him in Europe. I've always wanted to see him internationally and I don't like traveling. Like I, I don't have a desire to do the flight to Japan, Australia, anything like that. I'm I'm like, I'm cool with like a six hour flight to England. Um, so yeah, I think I'd love to see him in London, um, or, like London, Rome or Paris, one of those, those three cities, I think that's like some somewhere in Europe, I've always and and I feel like there's, there's, there's a chance I could do this one, you know, if he does another Europe leg, I think it feel I feel like it's a reasonable bucket list item, like if there was a London show on like A Saturday where I could fly out on a Thursday night and the you know, miss Friday of work, go to the show, fly back Sunday afternoon. You know what I mean? I I feel like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's reasonable. So, yeah, I I think I'm with Matt. Yeah. The, uh, London probably.
2: Well, the way Europe works, you could see a couple of big cities in a couple of nights, or you have the train, you know, London, Paris, do the whole thing, you know? So last
0: summer we were in, uh, we were in, um, Germany and, uh, it was it was when Bob was playing in France and I definitely checked out the train schedules to see if I could pull it off. It was, you know, an eight-hour train ride. It wouldn't have worked, <laughs> but, but <laughs> it would have blown the whole Henry being with his family vacation part of it, but <laughs> you know, the but like you said, in this Henry scenario with no there are no restrictions, money's no object, responsibilities are no object. Yeah. Absolutely, right. I Your family's totally like, follow. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, perfect.
2: So, all right, well, listen, those are both perfectly financiers and it's an optimistic missed a question. I built it by design.
0: Matt, let's go to London when, it, when he, when he Let's do it. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough, everybody. Well, guys, uh congratulations on seeing so many shows. That's just an amazing experience. And. I hope we will all have a chance to see Bob again next year or in some other capacity. And hopefully I will get to meet you guys in person at some point.
0: Yes, we were close. Uh, We were so close, but (laughs) uh, fate stepped in. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, but, but yeah. Go to London.
1: We'll fly out of Philly.
2: There's there you the go. Okay, perfect. <laughs> there <we> go perfect <laughs> so again thank you both for doing this uh you know i love talking to you guys loving you have uh having you both on the show and uh you know we'll have to make this a regular thing every so often both of you just come back and and uh we'll just do some sort of you know group discussion like we did for band of the hand and and now seeing him live in concert
1: sounds great Rob, thanks for having us on again
0: thank you so much rob this is great
2: absolutely so thanks everybody for listening of course you can find the show uh, over on Twitter and Blue Sky as Pod Dylan. And if you want to support this show and hear the full extended episodes every week, plus our bonus shows, please subscribe to Pod Dylan on Apple Podcasts or on fmpods.com. So that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you later. Bye.